Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and thank you once again for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is my partner in crime, if you will, LPJ professional uh, and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are we today? Uh, I'm very excited this morning, uh, as I always am every Tuesday morning, probably a little hyper because I had my uh, morning cup of coffee, and unfortunately, I forgot to get decaf. And uh, so I'm a, I'm a little bit high this morning um, on my coffee, but uh, other than that, I think I'm pretty good. Um, we got a great show this morning, Cindy. We've got uh, a repeat winner, uh, in fact, repeat this season uh, coming on here in just a moment or two, uh, Leona McGuire. She won a little early on. If you remember back in, I believe, uh, early April, she won the 2019 Windsor uh, Golf Classic on the Symmetra Tour. And... Uh, I think we extended an invitation that we would love to have her come back on. So she went out and won last weekend the Symmetra Classic. So here she is. So we're very excited to have her. Uh, and then a little bit later on, you and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, the mental side of the game. I know we've touched on some things, but uh, we've got some, some good questions that we're going to sort of throw back and forth here and, uh, and see if we can help some of you out there. But let me just tell a little bit, because I see that she's ready. So let me just tell uh, the folks just a little bit of uh, background on Leona and then we will bring her out. She is uh, from County uh, Cavan, I believe, or Cavan in Ireland, uh, and has had really a storied collegiate career uh, in NCAA history uh, while she attended Duke University. Uh, and as I mentioned, she stepped into the winner's circle for the first time in her professional career uh, earlier this year at the 2019 Windsor Golf Classic, and then just this past weekend, uh, or past week rather, uh, won the 2019 Symmetra Classic. So this is her second uh, professional win and two in the same season so I'm sure she's pretty uh, pumped about that but just a couple of notable things Cindy I thought I wanted to mention um, in case those that didn't get a chance to tune into the last time she was on back I believe it was April 9th uh, she owns the all-time record for most weeks 135 the number one uh, position in the women's world amateur golf ranking uh, in addition to that 87 rounds of even or under par and 32 of those rounds in the 60s are the most in NCAA history, uh, while her 70.97 stroke average is also uh, the lowest in NCAA history. So a, a great collegiate player and now uh, stepping out on the professional stage and winning uh, just as well there. So, um, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest back, uh, Leona McGuire. Good morning. Good morning. You getting sick of us? Good <laughs> no, I guess it's a good reason I'm back, right? It is a good reason right. you're back. Fantastic. Ed. We're we're excited to have you, Leona. Let me just ask you very quickly. Yeah, just let me ask you very quickly. Um, I think is it is it Kavan or Kaven? How do you pronounce where you're from? Kavan. Kavan. <laughs> Neither one. See, I told you it was the coffee. Um, all right, so let me just, uh, again, refresh everybody. My apologies. Um, refresh everybody. Uh, as I mentioned uh, just a moment ago, you won a uh, little over a month ago. You won the, the Windsor Golf Classic, which was your first uh, professional win. And then, of course, as I said, last week you won the Symmetra Classic. So this is number two, and it actually puts you uh, in the number one spot for the Volvic race for the card. And of course, I'm talking about the LPGA. So tell us a little bit about... Uh, this win, because if I if I remember correctly, I think you ended up in a sudden death playoff uh, in the first tournament. But this one here, you actually kind of ran away a little bit with it. Uh, you were five shots ahead of everybody else. Tell us what was different about this win than the win before. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were back in Davidson, North Carolina, obviously not not too far away from where I spent four incredible years at Duke, and uh, yeah, felt pretty comfortable all week. And in 
very familiar territory, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I think the the scoreboard was was pretty bunched for the first two days. Um, the greens were were really tricky, really slick, so it made made punting pretty difficult. But um, yeah, I mean it was tight all the way through the front nine on the on the final day, and I suppose the it definitely felt a lot tighter than it was, and I kind of broke away um, on those last sort of five or six holes, and um, it was nice to be able to finish with a with a five under bogey free final round to sort of get that second win and, and avoid any playoffs. Yeah, you had a phenomenal um, final round. As you mentioned, bogey free. You were six under par, 66 in the final round uh, to win, as I mentioned, by five strokes at uh, 10 under par overall. Um, that's a that's a phenomenal way to finish the tournament, and I think this is one of the only, maybe the second of uh, tournaments this year so far on the Symmetra Tour that didn't end up in a playoff. Um, so that's that's kind of unusual because I think almost every uh, tournament thus far, like I said, maybe one other one, um, they've all ended up in some sort of a sudden death playoff. So uh, you obviously uh, did something a little bit differently to give yourself a, a bit of an edge. And as I was mentioning, you you. Um, now move up into the number one spot, uh, having earned just a little under $74,000 uh, through your six starts this season. Um, and uh, I'm assuming you're going to be uh, playing this week in the inaugural uh, Zimmer Biomet Championship, which is, of course, hosted by legendary Nancy Lopez at the Opelika, uh, Alabama, uh, Robert, Trent Golf, uh, Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail. Are you playing in this week's event, and what are you going to do um, coming off a win uh, to prepare for this week. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fantastic event. Um, they really like the golf course. Um, it's it's the biggest purse in Symmetra Tour history. So, um, of course I'm gonna play. Um, it's our biggest event of the year. But um, yeah, I mean I played some really good golf the past few weeks. Obviously lost in a playoff in Atlanta the week before. Um, last week as well. So I've been playing some pretty good golf, but uh, just trying to keep my energy levels up really i've been this is my fourth week in a row i played two european tour events before this and um yeah just trying to conserve energy a little bit and, and learn as much as i can about the golf course and in, in the practice rounds and um hope we can have um another solid week yeah it's a great uh, golf course and uh, for those of you who haven't played it uh, you need to uh, to visit uh, Alabama and play any one really of the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail courses, but uh, the Lake Course at uh, Grand National uh, is one of the uh, the top tracks. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got some questions. Leona, needless to say, you know you're going to be doing uh, what you're doing for quite a long time because you're just really, really, really good at it. Can you tell the audience what you were thinking? Again, I, I and I don't want to phrase this in the wrong context. I'm sure you're on a mission to pursue, and so many people can become afraid of what they're going after. And for you to go out and shoot a five under par, was it 67? Yep. 66, mm-hmm. six under par, 66, yeah. Okay, no, the last round. Five under. Yeah, five under par on the last round, and – kick everyone's butt by five shots that requires a different mindset and maybe some of our listeners have a little bit of doubt and fear and apprehension can you tell us how you can flip and change mindsets to be able to accomplish that task yeah i mean i suppose i I have plenty of experience of of dealing with both coming from behind and and dealing with leads going into the final round from both in my college days as well and um um on Friday around I was trying to get to ten under par. Um that was my target for the day. I wasn't really paying any attention to what the other girls were doing. I knew if if I got to ten under par I probably would have a good chance of winning. The pins were, were set up in tricky enough places and the way the greens were as well. Um I was pretty confident that if I got to ten under um I'd be okay. So that was my, my mindset going out for the final round. And um, I didn't look at a scoreboard all day until I got to the 18th green. Um, and I had no idea walking up the 18th that I had a, I think I had a four shot lead maybe at that point. And it was such a tricky golf course. You couldn't really afford to get too complacent. So I was pretty much trying to just stick to my own game and, and making pars on the tough holes and, and trying to take advantage of, of the birdie holes when they were, when they cropped up. 
So basically, it's just paying attention to your own personal goal and mission. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I kind of get in my own bubble a little bit and um, really just kind of focus on what I'm doing. I have I have absolutely no control over or how the other girls are playing. Um, the week before in Atlanta, I was in a in a four-person playoff and buried four out of five playoff holes and lost to an eagle. So, again, that was outside of my control and um, there was nothing I could do about that. So, kind of tried to keep that same mindset going into, into Davidson at the Symmetra Classic and um, hit off. Awesome. Thank you. Ted? Very good. Uh, yeah. Um, Leona, let me ask you something. You mentioned something that you, you kind of had the, um, the thought of, you know, if you could get to 10 under par. When you go into a tournament, do you have a number in mind based on the field um, that's playing that week and based on the course, especially if you're familiar with the course, as a player, do you go into that event and say, okay, I need to try and this is the ultimate number I want to get um, that's going to put me in a good position. And obviously, you know, again, you can't control what happens around you. Do you do that? Or um, what's the thought process when you come to a tournament like this week coming up? Do you have a number in mind that you're trying to shoot? Um, I wouldn't say a number in mind at the start of the week because um, a lot of the times the course can, can vary quite a lot depending on what tees we're on or the the weather conditions and, and stuff like that. Um, but I definitely, day by day, I kind of have a score target I try and get to um, and sort of try and take it one day at a time, really. And I don't like setting a goal at the start of the week because that kind of gets you a little bit ahead of yourself. But, but every day I have a target of, of what, I'm, what I'm trying to do, and it helps me focus on, on myself rather than worrying about what everybody else is doing, which is, I mean, something that I can't control. Right, right. So let me ask you then uh, on sort of the opposite spectrum. If you were talking to an amateur player that was just going out to play maybe in, um, you know, their club championship or maybe they're playing in a corporate event, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them going into that particular tournament? Obviously, most of them are usually just a day tournament, so they're not playing over several rounds. Um, But what would you say, this is what I would focus on coming into that tournament um i suppose preparation is key when it's only a one-day event a lot of the time in those events you maybe don't get as as much practice in as you would like get to see the golf course Um i think that that feeling of being prepared is something that gives you a lot more ease and and allows you to be more comfortable when you when you actually step out on the tournament day Um i suppose it's it's kind of knowing your game and, and the limits of your game and, and what you think you're capable of, but um, definitely sticking to your own game. I think people, it's very easy to get caught up in what your playing partners are doing or if there's leaderboards, looking at leaderboards. And um, I think, yeah, very much sticking to your own game, knowing what you can do and, and sort of playing to your strengths is, is a big thing. Right. And and I'm sure I know you've played in some pro-ams, so you've had a chance to be around a lot of amateur players. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see a lot of amateurs when you're playing in these events? What do you notice? I mean, obviously you try not to say anything, you know, to them unless it's been, you know, they sort of solicited your advice, which I'm sure they do. But what do you notice are some of the biggest common mistakes with a lot of the amateur players? Well, in programs specifically, I think the biggest thing I notice is, is people not playing their own game. A lot of the time we play scramble format. Um, I guess right. when, when amateurs all of a sudden play with a pro, they're, they think that uh, they have to hit the ball harder, they have to hit it further, um, and their expectations maybe get a little bit skewed. They A shot that they would normally be happy with on, on any given day, they're, they're sort of a little harsher on themselves, a little more critical. They put, put too much pressure on themselves maybe. Um, and instead of just going out, having fun, and, and playing their own game, they um, they kind of put, like I said, too much pressure on themselves and, and maybe don't play quite as well as, as they'd like. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think a lot of times you're right. I think when the professional gets there in front of them, they feel like they have to elevate their game, not realizing that players like yourself and many of the other uh, players that are on the tour, you guys are out there every single day working on your game and then you're playing multiple rounds each week in tournaments um, where most of the average folks out there don't get a lot of, I mean, they barely spend much practice time uh, as they should. And they've got to have a realistic expectation for their level of play. 
um, and not expect to be competing with you uh, or, or any of the other ones out there. Um, I, I really like that uh, advice. I think you have to stay within your, your own game and, and not worry about the other people around you. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What is the strength? I mean, I can hear you right now, and it's your, it's your calm. Uh, what do I want to say? It's, it's all about the facts with you. There's not a whole lot of emotion. It's like this is a game. This is a number. I have to go practice this. If I do this, I might get that. If I don't, I'll just keep trying. Is Tell us what your mindset is because it's very, very, I mean, needless to say, you're a rock star, and I know <laughs> you have probably huge goals and a mission, and, and that's a good thing. But so many people, I go back to, you know, wow, they're not sure. We're teaching a young girl who just graduated from college, and she was the, you know, all-conference player and blah, blah, blah. And, again, there's doubts, there's fears. So what would you say your greatest strength is to play really well and be a rock star in the LPGA Tour? Yeah, I mean, um, I suppose even even going back to college, my biggest strength in college was, was my consistency um, and always being able to, to sort of grind out a score regardless of whether I was playing well to get that one or two extra birdies coming in or – same if I wasn't playing well, try and keep those those unnecessary bogeys off the card. And I suppose I've always taken um, a, quite a calculated approach to everything that I've done. Um, I'm quite a planner. And, um, yeah, I think that consistency is, is something that I've always strived for. And, and I suppose preparation is key as well, knowing what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and when I'm doing it, and, and sort of taking that approach and, and sort of working my way up the levels and, I think the the doubts go away when you know you're prepared. And all I can do is is play my best every week. And once I I know I'm prepared and um, ready to go, that's where I feel like I can play my best. Awesome. Well said. I I agree. Um, and, and what I hear, Cindy, and I I think you know there's a lot of confidence in her voice. And I think you know she pointed out um, when you're comfortable with your game, when you feel that you're able to bring your best uh, out each and every week, even if ultimately you don't win the tournament, um, you you come into it with a certain level of confidence, and it's very, um, you know, very noticeable in in your demeanor, um, Leona, as well. I, I've noticed just listening to you here this morning, and I remember, you know, a month or so ago when you were on the first time, there was a, a lot of confidence in your voice, um, and I know you said one of the things too. Uh, after this tournament, you, you talked about uh, in some of your interview that uh, your putting has been a lot better this year, and uh, that's obviously important. Uh, putting is, is, is big for everybody. Um, you, you talked about you gave yourself a lot of chances last year but just weren't able to capitalize. Was that because of your putting last year that you got yourself in position but just weren't able to, to sink those putts? Yeah, I think, I think that was a big part of it. I've always been quite a good iron player, and it's always been one of the strengths of my game, and I tend to give myself a lot of birdie chances. So, um, yeah, obviously, um, putting is a big factor in that, and to make birdies, you gotta you got to hold the putts. So um, that was something I did really well last week, um, both in the final round, holding some of those birdie putts, and, and also some of the power putts I saved to keep momentum going. Sometimes they're, they're equally as important um, as the tournament goes on just to – keep the momentum going and, and keep it running together. Yeah, I, I would agree as well. Um, Cindy, any, uh, any final thoughts or questions that you have uh, for Leona before we let her go? What do you do for fun to get away? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I suppose that's, a, that's been the biggest thing for me, uh, making the, the transition from college golf to pro golf. I've, a bit more time on my hands. Um, I, I like to go to the movies. I went to went to see The Hustle last week, um, which was was a pretty funny movie. Um, I'm a big sports fan. I like to I like to either watch sporting events or um, either go to them in person or watch them on TV. And um, yeah, I mean, go to the gym every week and just try and stay as as busy as I can. I'm someone that kind of has to be doing something. I can't just sit around my hotel room every week. So. Um, if there's something fun to be done, um, I'll usually find it. Awesome. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think you have to find balance in anything you do. I think if you um, you know focus uh, too much on um, you know playing and practicing and things like that, you're going to get to a point, especially in the schedule that you guys play um, and other commitments that you just get you know burnt out. You'd have to have sort of an outlet. Besides movies and and uh, and that sort of thing, and, and obviously sports, are there other sports? Actually, let me ask you this: Are there other sports that you like to play besides golf? Uh, I used to be quite a big swimmer when I was younger, so I I still try and do a little bit of that, and then I was big into soccer as well when I was younger. But I suppose I can't really do much of that anymore without without risk of injury. So I'm afraid I'm I'm more tied to to watching it these days than than playing as much. Yeah, it's uh, that's a, probably a smart move. The last thing you want to do is go out and injure yourself and and de- derail a a promising career. Um, well, Leona, we want to thank you. I know you've uh, you've got a lot to to do to prepare for for this week, and uh, it's going to be an exciting event, especially with uh, being hosted by Nancy Lopez, who uh, obviously is a legend of, of women's golf, and uh, you're going to be playing at a, at a great course. And we want to wish you. Uh, all the luck this week, and uh, and if you close the deal this week, uh, I guess we'll see you back here next week. <laughs> thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Go make a bunch of money, right. girlfriend. Right. Well, thank you very much. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Yeah, right. Thank you, Leona. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, Leona McGuire from Ireland. Um, you, you know, Cindy, what's really interesting, and you hit it right on the head, she's literally a rock star. I mean, she doesn't, um, you know, she has a very um, laid-back personality. She's not a real, you know, overly excitable person. I, I certainly wouldn't peg her to be that. Um, but she just knows what she has to do to get it done, and uh, she goes out and does it. And the fact that she's won twice already uh you know, this early, I mean, they're just coming into their ninth tournament of the season. So they've got a bunch more and she's already won twice. Um, and, uh, you know, she's just an uh, amazing young lady. And uh, we're, we're very fortunate to have had her on the show for a little bit this morning. And uh, so tell me what, do, do you know much about, I know um, uh, Mike Nichols talked a little bit about this event. Have you heard much uh, about this event coming up, especially since Nancy Lopez is involved with it? I have not. But, um, yeah. you know, that's pretty cool. And what a perfect fit, needless yeah. to say. It's the same knee company that she got the replacement. So, you know, yeah, Nancy, great. Yeah, Na- Nancy Lopez is a great, uh, a great ambassador, in my opinion, of the game. Uh, again, another person that's, uh, um, you know, just a, a very um, a professional all the way, all the way around both on and off the golf course, and I, I can't think of a better fit um, for this uh, inaugural event. So, um, and you know, I have not played that particular Robert Trent Jones golf course in Opelika, Alabama, um, but um, that's going to be on my my short bucket list, if you will, because it, it is. A, I've been there, I just haven't had a chance to play it. Um, but it's certainly going to be a test uh, for these young ladies. And of course, uh, I think uh, if if I remember correctly. Um, Mike had said that the the winner's check is going to be somewhere around the neighborhood of forty thousand. Um, now she's already got a pretty healthy lead, uh, Leona. So she was managed to close it out this weekend. And of course, the tournament begins uh, May twenty third, which is Thursday, and runs through to Sunday. Um, she manages to close it out. That's going to put her over the uh, hundred thousand, uh, easily over the hundred thousand mark, which is going to give her a very healthy lead. So. Um, we wish all well, the players the luck, catch. but uh, we hope. If she wins one more time, she automatically gets uploaded to the. I shouldn't say uploaded, right. but she right. gets uploaded to the LPGA right. Tour. And this girl has got an exemption in the KPMG, uh, PGA right. Championship. So, I, I mean, there is no doubt that this is going to be her future for the next fifteen, twenty years, or as long as she wants it to be. Yep. Um, yep. You know. Yep. I agree. So. Yeah, I think regardless of whether whether she wins another one, I, I would be very surprised whether it's this weekend or or uh, one of the other events coming out. I would not be very su- uh, surprised at all or shocked if she's to win again. She just has a very strong game, and you can just, you know, it, it's interesting when you listen to players how they talk and how they uh, present things and what they focus on. Really says a lot about the players. You know that not one thing 
She didn't focus on anything negative. She didn't focus on what the other players were doing. It was all about what she was doing in the moment, didn't pay attention to the scoreboards, not that she's not cognizant of what's going on, um, but she's very focused on what she needs to do to get the job done, and that's why she's done it so well. Um, before we move on, uh, Cindy, to our next uh, part of the show, and we're going to have a great discussion on the mental side of the game. Uh, I know that you do a lot of corporate speaking in that, so uh, we're going to play a little clip here in a moment, but if you just want to quickly set that up and then we'll play it. Well, it's funny because the radio station here in Buffalo asked me if I would do some golf uh, lessons and stuff for people who bought this golf card. And I thought, well, yeah, I, I, I love teaching lessons, but I feel like I can help people more if we have more time together. And I love doing uh, what we would call business golf events. So this next little ad um, promo would be to teach people the value of learning to play the game of golf and using it as a business tool. So have a listen. Very good. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to CindyMillerInc.com. Couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, well done, Cindy. And uh, for those of you listening, definitely after the show, go to CindyMillerInc.com, and all of her contact information is there. Um, and if you want to have Cindy come and help you, literally from inside the boardroom out to the golf course, uh, she's the lady to uh, to do uh, just that. Um, Cindy, you know, we've had a lot of discussions over the years um, since we've been doing this program, and I know we've talked uh, a little bit about uh, – the mental side of the game. And uh, we just got a few questions here that we're going to sort of bounce around and, and see what uh, what we can do to hopefully help the listeners. And, and, and really what this is, you know, we're all individuals. We all handle uh, things a little bit differently. Um, but we're hopefully going to give you some, um, some key thoughts or advice, if you will, uh, to make that transition onto the golf course a little bit easier for some of you out there. And and one of the first things that I want to uh, talk about here, Cindy, is um, really mentally, we, you know, we sort of talked a little bit about this with Leona, um, but mentally preparing for your next round. What are some thoughts that you like to, um, when you're, you know, let's go to what we just talked about here in the boardroom, let's say, what are some of the key things that you like to express to some of the corporate types that you're dealing with on how to mentally prepare for that next round or for their corporate event? I think once they um, – I think everyone's afraid their performance will be poor. So I think they're mm. afraid they won't be able to perform. I believe that it's really important that they know the rules and the etiquette and where to walk and what to do and what to say and what not to say. But I think it's more important um, to know those, you know, the etiquette, if you will, and then they have to just, uh, I would call it being in the right moment, you know, playing golf in the present moment. You can't be afraid of what you're going to look like. And if you can learn anything from Leona, right? she, it, uh, there was, what was the name of the show? Dragnet? Or Dag, <clears throat> that, just the facts, man. Dragnet. Just the facts. Dragnet, yeah. Right. And, and that's all, I felt like... Um, Right? I mean, isn't that what she acted right. like? Yeah, just a fact. Yep. Just a fact. Like, don't talk to us about all this other stuff. It's not important. And so I believe that um, you have to know the etiquette. I think that you can allow the gerbils in your head to make you crazy because I've done it. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that's ever done it, but I do allow the gerbils to make me nuts. And it's like, okay, stop. You know, you're you're wiring yourself up for no reason here. Just Stay in the present moment. Stay focused on the task at hand. Have a pre-shot routine. Plan the shot and and hit it. That's what I would tell them. Yeah, you're you're, yeah, you're exactly right. And I, I just would add to that. I agree 100% with everything you said. The other thing that I would add too is, 
it, you know, if you think about it, uh, and, you, and I'm going to use food as an analogy, you know, what you put into your body, what you eat affects how your body performs. So when you're getting ready to play in an event, if you're bringing in a lot of negative energy, you're thinking about all the bad shots that you've played over the last, you know, three or four months or a month or so, uh, for those of you that have, you know, just been out for a little while this season, that's going to affect your performance. If you're worried about uh, the other players um, or you're worried about, you know, looking bad or, or whatever the case is, if that sort of negative energy, and a lot of people might laugh at that and say, well, you know, that's, that doesn't really affect anything. It does. Um, if you talk to some of the best players in the world, they don't allow themselves to go down that road. Um, they're cognizant of what's out in the golf course. If there's certain holes that uh, present certain challenges, they're aware of those challenges, but they don't let them consume them. They don't get out there and say, oh, Lord, there's a big bunker out there on number, uh, hole number seven, and you know, there's a, another water hazard on hole number eight or, or so on and so forth. So what they're bringing into their body, uh, and in this case into their mind, um, is going to dictate how they're going to play. So if there's a lot of negative thought, a lot of negative energy uh, coming in, um, then that's going to translate when they get out on the golf course. So um, you have to really stay focused. And I think that's the other reason too, and, and I just want to touch really quickly and then we'll move on. I think that's the other reason that Leona had said, and I'm of course paraphrasing, was that she focuses on her own game. She doesn't worry about the other players around her. She has a specific agenda when she steps up to the tee uh, or onto the green, and she follows through with that agenda. She doesn't worry about what you know so-and-so over here is doing or so-and-so is over there. Now, she may be aware of it, um, but she's not focusing on that or dwelling on it, and she's staying within the moment and within her own game, and that's extremely important. Another, uh, another area, Cindy, that a lot of people have a problem with and you've admittedly talked about this as well, is uh, stress and anxiety on the golf course. How do we handle that? What are some things that, that you can think of, and, and if you want to use yourself as an example, when you get out there and you know, a little anxiety creeps in because of uh, you know, the round, what do you do to, to sort of try to combat or overcome that? Well, thoughts control emotions. So it, we go back to what you said before, stay focused on the task at hand. You know, if the gerbil starts to scream in your ear, oh, my God, look out, you look like a jerk, you're, you know, what, you're one under par, and if you bogey the last three holes, you can break 80 for the first time, or whatever that gerbil might be saying to you, you have to say, stop. I am not thinking about something in the future or the past. I have to stay focused on what I'm doing right now. So if, if that happens, number one, catch the thought and flush it, right? And then what I would do is I would just mm-hmm. really breathe slowly in and out, in through the nose, out through the mouth. And I would just try to take some really relaxing breaths because again, thoughts control emotions, which control physical body. You know, you're going to start sweating. You might start shaking, you know, all these nervous habits or things that are going to show up uh, physiological things that are not going to help you swing the club correctly. So again, you cannot, I believe that you must, must, must pursue and not protect. Mm -hmm. And all the things that Leona was just saying, I I wanted to get to 10 under. So she was pursuing a score. And if she she reached that score, she was going to be happy. She wasn't worried about everybody else she was playing with. She wasn't worried about winning the tournament. It's like shut up and shoot the score which means now I have to aim for the pins that I can get at. I have to play it safe for mm-hmm. the pins that are tough that, you know, could make me take a risk that I don't want to take that is going to make me make a double or a triple, and then I'm not going to reach my goal 10 under. So it's, it's mind control, clearly. And then it's you being aware of those voices in your head that are going to screw up your goal. Right, right, exactly. Well said. Um, you know, the other thing too is, you know, you've already touched on the breathing. Breathing is a, is a great thing. Um, again, in through the nose, out through the mouth, and you want to slow your breathing down. Um, and, and for some people, that's not always enough. Something else that I've always said, you know, if you watch some of the best players, again, in the world, they will go through a pre-shot routine. 
and for some reason, whether it be a, uh, an unruly fan or uh, something that has distracted them, they will stop in the middle of their routine. They will regroup, and they will begin that routine, that pre-shot routine again. And there's a reason they do that. It causes them to refocus their attention on the task at hand. So for an example, if you're in a situation where you feel anxiety or stress starting to build, and maybe you're waiting for one of the other players to, to, you know, to play their shot, something that you can do, and I, I, I guarantee you if you do it this manner, it will help you. Um, and it takes a little practice. But what I've often done sometimes is I will literally, while I'm waiting, I will close my eyes and I will take myself out of the moment. In other words, I'm not on the golf course, and I will think of something that truly makes me happy. So if it's lying on a beach somewhere, you know, whatever it is, just take a few moments and focus on that and nothing else. Don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to anything else going on and focus on something. Then when it becomes your turn, you bring yourself back in the moment, and then you go into your routine. And when you do that, sometimes that few seconds, and again, it may only be 30-second distraction, will be enough to get you to focus on something different. And then when you get into a situation where you're ready to refocus, you go through your routine. And that's why it's extremely important, Cindy, I think for the listeners, to have a good pre-shot routine, and one that is repeatable, one that's very simple, and one that will work for you. Because I think that this is what stymies a lot of players out there, is they don't have a good pre-shot routine, so they get in there and they're kind of fumbling and they're, you know, not sure what to do. And I think this is what causes a lot of uh, stress and anxiety for people, <clears throat> excuse me, on the golf course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Um, now, the other thing, and I know you've talked about this uh, before, and that is knowing when to use the creative side of your brain and when not to. Talk a little bit about that. You've talked about left and, and right brain. Tell us again what each side, how they work, and when you should and shouldn't use um, the left side and when you should and shouldn't use the right side. Um, well, when you get up to a shot, you have to use your left brain to um, plan the shot, if you will. So the, number, the first question is, how far is it? What's my lie look like? These are all left brain things. Uh, what's the wind doing? What's the temperature? Uh, I say avoid stupid. So what does that mean? That mm-hmm. means uh, if there's a bunker in the front of the green, instead of saying don't go in the bunker, you jerk, you just see the bunker, and then you say, well, the facts, just the facts, ma'am. Um, how far is it to carry the bunker? So let's say we've got 105 yards to the hole. It's 100 yards to carry the bunker. The wind's in your face a little bit. So if the wind's in your face and it's 105 yards to the pin, it's 110 yards to the pin. And then, well, how far is it over the green? 130. How far is this shot? I would play it 120. So now you've got 10 yards to hit a thin shot that ends up right by the hole, and the bunker's not even play. So playable yardage was that next thing. So once you avoid stupid, so let's go back. It's 105 to the pin. It's 100 to carry the bunker. The wind's in your face a little bit. She who misses it best without getting kicked off wins. It's 130 Mm -hmm. over the green. Right? So now it's 120. Right. It's really 110, but we're going to play at 120. So you can mess this shot up and never go in that bunker. So the playable yardage yep. is really 120. And, and somebody might go, well, that's too far. Well, guess what? Can you hit that club at 130? No. Then you'll be on the green. So shut up and hit the shot. So, again, it's <laughs> just the facts, ma'am. And, and that's, it's so simple. But, well, wait, wait, wait. So then you've made a decision. That's your left brain. So now you have to say, okay, what club do I hit 120? Am I convicted to this shot? Am I committed? Am I making a clear decision? Do I trust that my decision is correct? Yes. Pull the club out. Let's say it's a, an eight iron, right? Now you're going to walk mm-hmm. behind the ball. You're going to pick a target. You're going to maybe have an intermediate target if you're, if you're a, a linear player. If you're nonlinear, you're going to look at the hole. 
you know, and then you're going to step in, and now you have to feel, see, and react to the shot. And now it's right brain. We flip it from left brain to facts and calculation and then and planning, and now we go to right brain, which is producing. And we must be able to see, feel, and hear the shot. That was an awful lot of well said. long answer. No, that, no, that was that was great. Um, all really, all I'm going to add to this is after the end of the show, I want you to listen to that answer and do exactly what Cindy Miller just said because I don't think there's anything I could add that would really articulate any more perfectly. Other than one thing, I just I do want to say one little thing, and then we'll we'll move on to the next one. You know, when you play a course, especially one that you're familiar with, it's always a good idea to have specific, for each hole, have specific targets in mind. Um, you know, once you flick on the left brain and you should step up to the hole, you go through your analytical stage. You go through um, the stage that you're gathering information, again, whether it be bunkers or water or some other uh, hazard that might be in your way. And once you identify those, you don't focus on those you pick a target, where it is you want your ball to go. If it's over on the right side of the fairway, if it's in the center or the left side or what have you, uh, if it's a little bit shorter, a little bit longer, depending on the circumstance. That's what you focus on, is executing the shot and aiming at your target. Don't think about all the other stuff. You've done that in the analytical stage when you're using your left side of the brain. Then when you are ready to execute the shot, as Cindy just pointed out, then you go to the right side of the brain and you execute the shot that you've uh, become comfortable with and you understand after using uh, the left side of the brain. I think what a lot of people do, Cindy, is they get in a situation where they use the left side of the brain, and instead of flicking that switch, they stay on the left side of the brain. And as they're standing over the ball and they're getting ready to hit it, all of that data just keeps playing and playing. Well, the bunker's out there so-and-so is out there, you know, it's 120 yards, and they just keep playing that message is like a loop, and they get caught in that loop, and they don't know when to turn that switch. And that's something, um, you know, that Leona talked about is you've got to uh, be comfortable within yourself, and the only way to do that is through preparation. So if you're going out to an event and um, you're not preparing for it, then you're not going to have a good outcome. And the only way to do that is to get out, not just hitting balls, but preparing mentally as well for when you go out to that event. Well said, Cindy Miller. Um, the final question I'm going to ask that I think a lot of people um, struggle with is sort of tips on filtering out distractions uh, during a round. Obviously, most people <coughs> excuse me, don't play um, in a, uh, an event such as uh, yourself, Cindy, or Leona, or some of the other uh, pros out there, but to them it's an important event. What are some good tips? What do you do to help filter out some of the distractions, whether it be um, you know, noise that other players um, are making nearby, uh, maybe a crowd or something? Um, what are some good tips to help filter some of those distractions out? You know what? I think the first tip that I would give is become aware that they're distractions. I think that so many people, and, and I'm going to ask one of my students to listen to this um, show. Let me ask you, when will this be up on iTunes? It will be up uh, shortly after, uh, probably within a couple of hours. Okay. Okay, so this afternoon, because yeah, I have a, a one of my favorite students is playing in the New York State High School qualifier to go to the state championship tomorrow, and it's a nine o'clock shotgun. And you might have heard yourself say some of these things. She goes, "I'm playing with two people I can't stand," and um, <laughs> and one person I don't know. Right. So at least I can talk to the person I don't know. And I said, 
So, again, it all depends on your behavior style, right, and your personality. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I would use the two people I don't like as motivation to play well. So that would trigger me, and it, it's a trigger, to stay focused on the mm-hmm. task at hand, just the facts, ma'am, no emotion. You follow? But that's because right. I'm a high right. D and I'm really competitive. So what if you're a high I and you love talking to people and you're playing with people you can't stand? Then talk to people, talk to yourself. But know that right. also all the talking might be a distraction and not keep you focused on the task at hand. It also could be used, talking could keep you calm. So that's a good thing. But you need to be aware mm-hmm. of what's a distraction and what is a, a tool that you can use to help you stay focused on the task at hand. So I think it, it can go both ways. Um, the best tournaments I've ever played in that I made the most money, and we're talking over $40,000 in two events, is when I played with mm-hmm. someone that ticked me off. That did, they didn't even know they messed with me. They didn't know that right. I was mad at them. They didn't know that I was using them as motivation. So know what motivates you and then find out what kind of tool or trigger you can use to stay more focused on the task at hand. Be aware of the distractions that could throw you off base. Right, right. Well said. Um, you know, something else too, Cindy, that I think a lot of people, um, and, and I want to just touch very quickly on, on what you just said about um, talking. You know, if you think, and I'm going to use the, the men's tour as an example, you know, back in, um, you know, the 60s and 70s and so forth when players like Jack Nicholas and, you know, Arnold Palmer and some of the other greats of the, the men's game were there, uh, along came a player by the name of Lee Trevino. And uh, for those of you that don't uh, know much about him, uh, he was a talker. Uh, he was a jokester. Uh, you know, he liked to have fun. Now, for him, it was a source of really twofold. It was a stress reliever for him. He enjoyed talking. He enjoyed get, engaging in conversation. So for him, it was a, you know, really in a lot of ways, whether he realized this or not, um, was a relaxation tool for him. It helped him alleviate the anxiety and, and kind of stay in the moment. On the flip side, however, for some of his opponents, like I remember Jack Nicholson in an interview talked about how it would drive him crazy because they would. Jack was a very focused, um, kind of like a Leona uh, player where he was very focused on in the moment and um, really didn't offer a whole lot of, certainly in his earlier, more highly competitive days, a, a lot of um, uh, banter, if you will, back and forth to be paired with somebody like Elite Trevino that basically, uh, you know, to put it politely, didn't shut up the whole round, was very distracting. And he said that in an interview on the Golf Channel several years ago, uh, Jack did, that it was a major distraction at times. And it would literally, at some point, if he allowed it to, would throw him off his game. And... So, you know, it goes to your point. You have to really understand yourself, number one, um, and you also have to um, know how to handle situations because you might get in a, a pairing, as you said, with somebody that maybe you're not really comfortable with. Maybe you don't particularly like that person or, or there's something that they do, and you've got to know how to turn off that chatter. Um, or the opposite effects, Cindy, sometimes you get in a group and there's no conversation and you're somebody that does enjoy a little bit of conversation, that can throw you off as well. So you have to really, again, you have to go in there with a mindset. It doesn't matter who I'm going to get paired with. I've got an agenda that I'm going to do here. I'm going to focus on the task at hand, and I'm going to do my very best to prepare for that event so that when I get up to that first tee, um, I might be a little bit nervous, and that's okay. But inside, I'm going to be comfortable, and I'm going to be confident with the game that I've brought to the course that day. And I think that if people do that and really focus on some of the things that we've talked about here this morning, I think they're going to have a much more enjoyable round and will alleviate uh, a lot of the pressure that sometimes we bring upon ourselves. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. You're right on the money, without a doubt. Again, you know, the more you know yourself, you know, the better you can play. Right. Yeah, you don't have to. You, you don't have to know the other players. That's the thing is, you know, it, like Leona had said, you know, a lot of times when I, when I asked her about being in a in a pro am event, you know, uh, and Cindy, you you've seen this, I'm sure, a thousand uh, plus times as well. You know, where you you step in there and they know you're a professional. They know that you've played on multiple tours uh, in many many events, so they know you're a high caliber player. And suddenly they come in and they feel like they've got to step up their game because they don't want to feel like they're looking foolish or they're looking, you know, that they're, you know, not very competent on the golf course. But as I mentioned, what they don't understand is you've spent many, many hours and days preparing to be that top level player and they haven't. So for them to come into that event with an expectation that they're going to compete with Cindy Miller, now they may have some God-given talent. They may be able to belt them all, the ball you know, 275 or even 300 yards. But more often than not, if they haven't played golf for very much or very long period of time or they don't practice very often, they're not likely going to be very competitive uh, against a player of your caliber or or others, so knowing that about yourself and coming in and saying, okay, I'm happy with my game. I'm hitting the ball well. I'm putting well, and I'm going to do the very best that I can do. And I'm not going to worry about Cindy Miller or or Leona McGuire or anybody else that might be out there on the golf course with me. I'm going to go out and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to play my game. And you will be surprised at how little stress and anxiety you will have throughout that round if you just keep that in mind. Uh, any final thoughts, uh, Cindy, on, on this topic? No, you've hit the nail on the head, my dear. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just it just goes back to, you know, we, we want to be able to help people, I think, um, and we hope that, that those of you listening to the show – take this opportunity to go back and listen to some of the other shows. You know, it's not all just about interviews. There's really a lot of, believe it or not, in a lot of the questions that we ask, there's a lot of hidden um, messages, if you will, and there's a lot of little golden nuggets that you can pull out listening to some of these players that we do interview and how they handle themselves out in the golf course. And and Leona uh, is, you know, certainly a great example of that. If you listen to her answers, there are things that you can take away from that and apply to your own game. And that's what we, this really the show is all about, um, is, is creating an opportunity for you to learn from some of the best people uh, and players in golf. And if you really focus on what they're saying and not just think about, well, they won the tournament, um, you're going to find that you yourself are going to play much better golf and apply some of those things. Now, some of them may not fit your personality, but that's a starting point, and you learn as you go along. And the more efforts uh, and more attention that you pay to yourself when you get out there and you're on the practice tee, and you're warming up, and you're working out. Don't just rake and hit balls. Get out there with a purpose. Focus on have an agenda when you go out there, and when you're working with your your uh, local teaching professional, have a discussion with them. Don't just sit there and listen. Engage. Talk to them. You know, when you're working with, say, somebody like Cindy, um, you don't just sit there and just listen to her. Ask her questions. Say, why is this happening? Or how can I do this? Or how can I do that? And engage in conversation, um, and you I will have find to something. I that have you will. To interrupt you. I have to interrupt yeah, you. Go. you give me yeah, you one. So, so, and you were really no, on a okay. roll there. That was being great. But here's the catch. You know what's funny? I I went to this um, uh, Reach Live. It was a four day workshop conference, and I entered uh, this thing called the Speak Off. 
and I was kind of testing myself to see if the the message that I think I'm supposed to share um, mattered to anyone. And so I was afraid of doing this, right? And mm-hmm. and as I was there, we got coached by a guy who coaches lots and lots of big name speakers. One of which is Joel Osteen, right? So the right. guy who was teaching me how to get better, um, he gave me some constructive criticism that I was not offended at. Some of the people that were in the coaching session were offended at the constructive criticism. And and after right. I did my speech, and I was very fortunate, I came in third, so I found out, yes, my message matters, and I need to, you know, hone my skills and get better at it so I can deliver the message to the world, right? And so after mm-hmm. the speak-off competition, there was a gathering, a get-together, a reception, if you will, and there were 50 judges. And some of the judges were pretty famous, you know, Shalene Johnson, who – Pyro or pyro or pyro, whatever the exercise thing. She was one of the judges, and lots of different right. people from different industries were judges. So when I went up to them, and they said, "Oh my gosh, great job!" and I said, "Well, how can I be better? What do I need to do to get better?" And mm-hmm. I thought of this because Alan and I teach a lot of people every week, and very right. few of them. Right turn around and say, was that better? Do I need to do this more? They very, very rarely ask us the question, is that what you want me to do? Was that better? They just, uh, why did it do that? Why did it? So what you're saying is communicate with your teacher and be teachable and ask questions. Because if you do and you hire the right teacher, you will reach your goals. End of story. So pay attention yep. and ask questions. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. No, that's great. And, and no, you're, you're exactly right. And that's a great point to to bring up. And uh, you're welcome to interrupt me any time that you want. You know, just one quick final thought uh, along that lines. You know, when I work with different people, because um, as I've mentioned many times on the show, I you know, I mainly focus on on dealing with corporate types and that. I can pretty much tell during a session if they're not engaging and asking questions, then I know that they're really not paying attention. They're not focusing on. Um, they're just wanting to to get some sort of a quick fix or tip. And I, I'm not about that. I don't believe in that because I think that it's detrimental to the game. Uh, you can certainly. Uh, you know, give certain things that can help improve in the moment. But if you're going to your instructor because you sliced the ball and you're looking for some quick fix, um, yes, there are certain things that can uh, combat that, but it takes an effort on your part. And communication between you and your instructor or you and your coworkers and things like that is extremely important um, because that's where you gather information and then you analyze that information. And if you're working with somebody as I said, like with Cindy Miller or or many other great instructors out there, you're going to get a lot of information, but you'll get even more information if you communicate back with them and ask them those questions. Um, And don't be afraid to do that because that's how you learn. And you're learning from people that have certain expertise in an area that you don't. And um, just by standing there or, you know, listening a little bit, you're certainly going to get a lot of valuable information but you're not really going to absorb it as well if you don't turn around and then ask them questions as well because there might be things that they don't necessarily, you know, it's not like we read from a book and just say, okay, blah, 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 and then you go out there and play golf. You know, we need to understand what it is that's going on in your head to be able to help and serve you better. And the only way you can do that is by you asking. We can't read your mind, so you need to ask those questions. And I think if you do that, you're going to be a much better player. Cindy Miller, we have to close out another uh, great show. I've really enjoyed our discussion this morning, and I enjoyed, uh, of course, having Leona uh, McGuire, the winner of the 2019 Symmetra Classic, and we look forward to uh, interviewing the winner from this week's uh, tournament that's playing out in Opelika, Alabama. So uh, on that note, on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm Ted Rico. Thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf, 
and we will see you next time here on the show. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash womenofgolf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and, of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.